Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here. I have the honor of having the most uh, handsome developer in the game, uh, Ahmed, which I'm not going to, he just told me his last name, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want to screw it up. Uh, look at this background. Look at this beard we're working with. I mean, it's just, uh, it's quite impressive, young young sir. How are you doing today? Good, man. Thank you. Good to connect with you finally. Good to connect with you too, man. We're finally meeting in person off of Clubhouse. We we have put on a shirt. We have put up our hair for real. <laughs> so, uh, but guys, before <laughs> but guys, before we get started, uh, I just want to thank uh, DreamChasers.com sponsoring the podcast. Go check them out. Thank you so much. Uh, we met um, because of Billy, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 So Billy, the the human connector, like me. Um, what I like to do with my guests is I like them to kind of start their story where they want to, and, uh, we'll kind of go from there. Wow. You want like the professional story, the, uh, development journey or the, uh, you know, what, I, what sounds good. I can go all day, but I don't want to be long. What, what, <laughs> what, uh, I like to be different. What has the most impact on your life? I like that story. Mm. That's probably recently, actually okay. in the last 12 or 18 months. Okay. I like yeah. it. Yeah. 24 months. See, now I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm yeah. up. I'm ready. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's pretty much no matter how prepared and how experienced and how much knowledge you have, none of that makes a difference unless you have the self-awareness to put it to work mm-hmm. in the right way is mm-hmm. what I kind of, uh, recently kind of come into uh into aware of the self-limiting beliefs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was a huge eye-opener a huge uh wake-up call for me recently in the last couple couple of years about that kind of stuff so you well, can pretty much be the uh the most amazing uh quarterback of all time tom brady you know greatest of all time it's like he just walks on the field and he wins the game but if you don't have that belief that he has that he can win, no matter how much skills or experience and awesome team you have around you, it means nothing unless you're uh, if you're not in the right state state of mind about all that stuff. Hundred percent. And I always do this on the podcast, so I'm gonna before because there's a lot there I can tell. We're gonna peel back some onions. He, he guys, he's a commercial developer. Um, a, a land developer and all those things in the real estate space. So I, I just wanted to give them context before we dive into the whole life stuff. So, you, you know, I would imagine that you've done a lot of successful things. So what happened in the last 12 months to 16 months? Were you not, were you playing small? Were you not living up to your potential? Where What, what, what was going on? Uh, completely not living up to my potential. And that was because, because of you know of a uh, and I won't go into details of why or, or why I grew up that way or how I had that, but I had a you know I realized recently with a lot of 
personal things that have, were, you know, kind of all happening at the same time in the last couple of years. Like, I mean, you name it, it was happening to me and it was just one after another, after another, after another. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, you know, some help with some friends and some family members that helped me realize like, Hey, you are so much more than what you're doing and you could be doing so much more than what you've already done. And, you know, in just so many ways and, working through all those problems and doing a lot of self-reflective work and understanding that I realized that I've had some major self, you know, limiting beliefs that have completely handicapped me for many years. So now it's, it's game on, you know, now it's like the cuffs are off, the gloves are on. I'm like, let's go. You know, finally it's like, it feels good to be free. And that's, that's why I put the lines behind me because it's kind of like, Oh, okay. Now it's time to go hunt. You know what I mean? To really Mm -hmm. go hunt. Well, what's interesting, and I know that from my from my addiction, but mainly from my own limiting beliefs, when your mindset's not right, let's say your headspace is not right, and things start happening against you, man, it feels like the world is just against you. And then one bad decision begets another bad decision, and then you wake up one day. Mine, mine was in a closet because I was homeless. Uh, not, not a, like a figurative, like a real closet um, that you, and you, you realize like, shit, like how did we get here? It wasn't one decision. It was multiple decisions of me making emotional decisions off of false narratives. Right. So if you could peel back as much as you want or don't um, kind of what were you telling yourself in the limiting space on like, because you've had success in your career. It wasn't what I was telling myself. What it was was of where I was, um, you know, from a very young age that I was brought up and, you know, shown to be a, a an asset, not necessarily a you know, you're, you're an asset, you know I mean? You're, you're, you're a helper, you're a team member, which is fine. But if you don't, if that's all you get, you're going to grow up thinking that, Hey, I'm just here to support the team. You know what I mean? I'm, mm-hmm. I drive the bus, I unload the, the luggage, I do whatever it is, whatever it is, you know, you also need to have a lot of, um, motivation and encouragement as well to balance that out but if you don't get the motivation and encouragement throughout your life from whoever you need it from you're always going to think okay i'm an asset i'm a team member and that's all i am versus having a nice well-rounded life where i'm like i'm not only a leader but i'm a supporter i'm i'm not only the the tip of the spear but i'm the the muscle behind it you know what i mean mm-hmm. so there has to be a good balance of that and i didn't have that balance until recently and now I'm like, okay, now it's my turn to be the tip of the spear. Now it's my turn to be, you know, the quarterback for the uh, for the Super Bowl championship winning team. You know what I mean? Now it's my turn to start moving from the back and up into the front. So it's all getting clear. Yeah. It's all, you know, I'm a coach, so it's all getting clear. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call out myself, and I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna tell you this story. Um, God love my coach who is a, a bit of a hard ass, but knows me better than anybody. Um, are you familiar with horses? Um, yeah, I know what a horse is. A little bit, is. right? Yeah. So when a horse, so he said, Austin, you are this horse. He says, when a horse, they want to get a horse pregnant from a stallion, they put in a teaser horse. 
to get them all hard and bothered. And then they take the teaser horse out and the stallion has sex with the mare and that creates a better horse. He said, you're the teaser horse. Mm. He said, you're putting all these people together. You're making all these things happen and they're making money. Oh yeah. Because you don't value yourself. That's 100% correct. How hard does that hit, right? Oh man, that is 100%. Like you're the connector, but you always get left behind. Because I didn't value what I was bringing to the table. And for 38 years of my life, everybody else was making money and getting rich. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I took ownership of my abilities and what I could bring to the table and I set a price for my dreams and my goals that I allowed people to reward me with said thing. And guess what? It's scary as shit. Because <laughs> you've never done it before. No. And you know what it's, you know what he also described it as? Yeah. Walking down a hallway with no lights and you can't find the door. Because I realized that once I got fucked over for the last time, it's happened many a times. Yep. My, my, my good friend, not my coach, my good friend who coaches high level CEOs. He said, Austin, yes, I'm upset with, for you, but it also makes me wonder what is the universe trying to teach you that you haven't listened? And he said this, as you get older, the lessons get louder and they cost more. And he said, at some point you're going to fucking realize that you're worth this and you're going to go. And so guess what? So for me, I had to bet on myself for the first time in my life. And it's scary as shit, Mm. but it's amazing when you bet on yourself and guess what? There, there might go a month where you don't make a sale. There might be a month where you can't get a deal, you know, but you got to believe that, that overall you controlling your destiny is going to, is going to create the momentum that you're seeking. Right. And that's what I teach my coaching clients. So I, there was a lot there that I said, but I'm sure a lot of that resonated with you. Oh yeah. Huge. You know, especially going down the hallway that with no lights, you know, before it'd be a hallway with no lights and no way out, but now it's like, okay, it's a hallway with no lights, but I know there's a way out at the end. I just got to keep going forward. Like it's a, it, it hits, it hits really, it hits, you know, square right between the eyes for sure. And was it, was it a close friend? Was it something that happened in your life that kind of, and then what, what kind of gave you the, the, the information or the power to kind of switch the narrative? I know it most likely was, you know, a combination of things of, you know, growing up in a divorce household uh, between two homes, um, not really having a lot of stability, shall we say. It wasn't that it wasn't a financial stability or having a home or anything like that, but it was just, it never stopped long enough to, to feel like it was stable. And then, you know, going to different schools and different friends and never, you know, having anything in your life long enough to, to create that stability. So all I did was run around and try and, and patch holes and, and fill in the blanks versus, you know, fitting in as a, as a, as a member or a piece of a community. Mm-hmm. And so I just, it, so that mentality just kept going on through the rest of my life that, Hey, you just got to go fill the holes and, 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 um, you know, become a member versus, uh, uh, I'm excuse me, filling the holes and, you know, filling in the blanks versus becoming a member of something and becoming a, uh, an integral part of something. Another metaphor. God, I'm on the coaching band, right? 
I tell a lot of the guys that I coach, yeah, 32, 45, maybe successful, some highly successful, but just kind of stuck. I say, I say this, I say this kind of, I kind of paint this picture for them. Your life, whether it be something that happened in your childhood or like the way your parents raised you, you feel like you're, you're outside of a, you're inside of a, a, a boat and there's a shitload of holes and the water's coming in and you're trying to patch all the holes, but you don't have enough hands. Yeah. Well, looking back on it, it seems like that, you know, you're always trying to patch the hole versus of, of, you know, you're talking about versus putting your own versus putting your own life vest on first. Yeah. Yeah. Say, screw this. I'm out of here. Jumping out and swimming to the other boat or something like that. You know what I mean? So then my question to you is what keeps you in that boat? What kept me in the boat in the past was not knowing that there was other option. Mm-hmm. Or not being told or encouraged or shown in that there's other options. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey, this is your situation. Fix it. Okay, mm-hmm. well, no one told me that I can say, no, I'm going to change the narrative. I'm going to change. I'm going to flip the script and 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 do it completely different versus, hey, you're in a, you're in a bowl with ho- a boat with holes. Figure it out. Plug them up. You know what I mean? So that's that's where I was. And now it's completely different. So now it's like, Oh, the boat has holes. Screw it. I'm going to rip it apart and build the new boat and go over to the other boat and take over that boat and go to the next boat and to the bigger boat and take that one over. So that's kind of how it is now. Dude. uh, I love you Cali guys, Uh, especially the dudes that roll with Billy. It's straight savage mode. I mean, (laughs) everybody, everybody's a freaking, I mean, y'all roll different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I love it. So when you started uh, seeing more value in yourself and crushing those limiting beliefs, what was, uh, you know, I guess we'll get in the what you do kind of space now. Um, what was the first project that you decided to attack? Um, well, it's a bunch of projects that I've been working on, you know, with my father, but he, he's been out of the business for a couple of years now that we, we started this business, you know, almost 20 years ago. And, um, you know, I what's was your specialty? Doing, I just want to make sure, um, commercial real estate development, ground up construction. And so I was always the workhorse, you know what I mean? You know, like the teaser horse, I used to do all the work, make it all happen. Mm-hmm. And now that he's been out of the business for a while, it's kind of like coming clear to me that I got to continue not only to make it happen, but also to win and to get it over the finish line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you know, had a big project that's been just really stagnant and, and slow moving. And, you know, part of it was because of, you know, the mentality and mindset from the time from the top down. But now that it's completely 100% in my control, even though I've been doing all the work on it, it's all the decision making is my control as well. Now it's like, okay, you know, the gloves are off, get out of the way or get run over because it, this project is going to get done there are obstacles in the way, including certain individuals and certain things that are not under my control. You're going to get run over now too, because you've been blocking this thing for way too long and it's time to, you know, get out of the way because I'm going to make it happen. That's, that's where it is now. As you say that to me, and we keep going back there because I don't, real estate is, is, is all moot. It's relative. Hmm. 
not only are you dealing with contractors, not only are you dealing with the city to get permits done, you're also navigating a, a river of egos. Yeah. And when you don't control the asset or you don't control your business or you don't have a grip on it, they're, they're going to get what they want, right? They're going to, they're going to get what they want. And you're, you're placating somebody's idea of who they think they are instead of just getting some fucking work done. Oh yeah. You're nothing but a tool to them. Yeah. A stone to step on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to send this Corey, if you're listening, bro, I'm going to send this to you right after we get done with this. My man, my man today sent me a picture, drove to his work and said, I'm out, baby. Oh, he said, I'm out. I'm going to go do my own thing. And I love it. Right. Because that takes some guts. But what he wanted to do, the (laughs) same thing that you're doing, the same thing that I choose to do is he wanted to grab hold of his life in his family's life and have control of it and not be beholden to, um, you know, somebody else's ego or somebody, like you said, a tool in their tool belt. Yeah. Yeah. You're just a, you're just another nail that they hammer mm-hmm. and I don't want to be the nail anymore. I want to be the hammer. hundred percent. I love it. So let's, let's, let's dissect, which, which I find super intriguing and hopefully I'll be, hope's not a word so soon i'll be in the space myself i think there's a lot of value in it from a commercial development new construction phase in i i I just have to ask you know california is not the easiest uh state to do that in you know you're probably looking at what two years to get a permits through i mean that's on a good project you know you're doing things oh we're gonna have to put all right you're good yeah no problem no, mute, 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 your, mute, mute your thing real quick. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those things where he said beforehand that his maid was going to show up and the dog was going to go crazy. So uh, we're going to vamp. But guys, what we're talking about here, guys, is understanding that regardless of the amount of money that you're making, regardless of the amount of money that you're making at your job, you have to make sure that you have control of your life. You have to make sure that you are calling the shots. And and so if you're making, let's say you're making 5K a month, but you control your schedule and you don't work on Fridays, right? Or you don't work on Saturdays or you don't work on Thursdays for that matter. And you're making five grand a week. Over time, the compound effect of you feeling great about what you're doing is going to create the space necessary for you to live a better life. And so if you're living a better life, well, then you're going to make more money. So many times people come to me and they say, I don't want to work on myself because I'm worried if I work on myself and I focus on myself, it's going to take away from my business, right? It's going to take away from these things um, that are that I'm making money. And it can't be farther from the truth. It can't. Because if you're showing up as the best version of yourself and you're allowing yourself to be who you need to be, then it's going to show up in your business. It's going to show up in the people around you. They're going to feel your energy about it. And when they feel your energy, they're going to, they're going to reward you over and over again. Um, so, um, you know, it's just one of those things uh, where you, uh, you have to unmute yourself. 
so uh, yeah, so I'll get back to what we were talking about commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. So why would you do that to you? <laughs> Dude, it's, ins- you can, if you close on a property here in Texas, you could be building that night at 12 o'clock. So. No, right. I mean, that's, that's the dream that all us California guys have that we'll never achieve though. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, you're entrenched here. You know, I was born and raised here and you know, the business has already started here, but I am definitely looking out of state now for upcoming stuff because mm-hmm. I'm done with all this headache. Plus, you know, the opportunities out of state are, you know, more plentiful. So I'm definitely looking at stuff out of state to I actually pipeline. I actually have something for you, so we'll talk offline. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah. I can do that. It's, so, so my question to you for anybody that doesn't understand commercial development, because yeah. from some from people that I talk to, I have a buddy who does affordable housing development across the country, mm-hmm. 400, 250 units. Where I, because I came from private equity, where I see the biggest problem, it is they'll loan you the build, they'll loan you the money to buy the land. He has about a million dollars upfront costs while he's waiting for permits to change, cities to change. Yep. How do you how do you hold a property for two plus years and it's how is it still profitable at the end of it? So those are some of the the tough things, you know, the capital stack that you got to put into a development, you know, whatever that percentage may be. So you either have investors who are more equity driven versus return driven and they're okay with putting their money in early to have a nice equity piece on the on the on the back end versus mm-hmm. other investors who want to see returns and dividends like on a quarterly or monthly or yearly basis or different types so the equity guys definitely see the value of the long term so they definitely put the their money into it and stuff like that but you know, there's also, you know, investment funds and stuff like that that will back you up as well. If they want to become a partner, you can go to other, you know, high net worth individuals or other individuals who who want to be part of that pre-development process because they get in early and they get a much better return. Mm-hmm. Or you're just self-capitalized that you're able to carry that property through that process to once you get ready for construction, then you can go and pull a loan because you have enough capital on hand to do that. One of the one of the things that taught me the biggest lesson. I have a buddy who's a billion. He runs a billion dollar private equity fund. He's a developer, hotels, big big stuff. Uh, he taught me a really important lesson that not every dollar uh, needs the same thing. Yeah. And it's exactly what you're talking about: equity for short term place or <clears throat> all those things. And um, the, when you're when you're developing you kind of do a little bit of everything, but when you're developing a commercial space, what metrics per se are you looking at for, for positive uptick when you're building these, are you holding them or are you selling them right away? So I run a family office, so I don't have any outside investors. So I don't need to come in with any sort of uh, investment plan or play saying, Hey, we're a five-year, seven-year, 10-year holder, whether we develop or we buy something, we're going to exit at this time. Or once we reach a certain um, number in terms of uh, upside, in terms of valuation or returns or something like that. What we do is we build and develop and we keep those things into the family trust, the family portfolio for the long time, for the long term. Mm-hmm. It's building the generational wealth and mm-hmm. that's what it is. Now I will go and uh, buy and build and sell stuff and, and 
you know, and release it and sell it along the way if it doesn't fit the core investment strategy, but it, it is a good opportunity. You know, uh, a few years back, I built a, a small retail strip center retail building on a small piece of property. Um, it doesn't fit the long-term hold, but it was an opportunity to build, develop, and create some value and some equity that was pretty easy to do. So that will be removed from the portfolio sooner or later once that money is needed for something else. But it's not a long-term hold property like a large apartment complex or a large uh, commercial development. And you, for the people that don't understand what that is, can you explain what a family office is? Okay. So a family office is technically an investment company. um, And the investment is directed at whatever type of, uh, you know, whatever you want to focus on. Some family offices uh, invest in other businesses or they invest in stocks or bonds or they invest in all sorts of different things. This family office only invests in real estate investment and development type assets. And the family office is family money. So uh, that is money that was created uh, through a, a different business and it's invested, or you've just started this investment business like us. We did, you know, 15, 20 years ago, and we keep turning that money back into investments and we keep it within the family and family offices don't have outside investors. We don't have shareholders. We don't have uh, people who come in and, and, and join the, the group of investors, all that family investment stays within a trust and stays within the family members versus a more of a public company or a syndication type deal. And there's a word in there that I would imagine makes it a little tricky around Christmas sometimes called family office. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how do you navigate those waters? Um, The good part of it is most family members understand my skill sets and my experiences. And uh, they're okay with me running this office because I'm the only one that has, you know, 20 plus years of real estate experience. You know, everyone else does not. And they understand that their their skill sets are in different areas. You know what I mean? So uh, the good part of that is most everyone understands that. And as long as the company is growing and creating assets and long-term generational wealth that everyone will will and can and have been participating in, they're okay with it. Mm-hmm. But as long as the things are going up versus down, uh, no one really says too much yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, I want to know how I can be adopted because I want to become a developer. So I don't know I, if you want in this family, man. There's <laughs> enough drama already. So I don't know. Yeah, but you, I, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a tension breaker. Okay. So, uh, but uh, but so I want you to speak. You so you said before we started, you love helping, right? Yeah. There's a lot of guys, my mentor, people I meet. They, this is this is the they might start and fix and flips. They might start and you know, what wholesaling, they might start in single families, but the dream, especially for me, I spent 20 years in hotels, you know, uh, we do Airbnb. We're looking at doing out of the country. I want to be a developer at what aspect I don't really understand for anybody that's sitting in multifamily space or sitting in single family, what do they need to be doing on a day-to-day basis to gain the knowledge necessary? Do they need to be working for a development company? Is there certain books they should be reading? What's your advice for them? Well, development is from a very small scale to a very big scale. I mean, you can be doing one house a year 
you know, you're in Texas. There's a lot more vacant lots there are than there are here in California. Mm-hmm. You find one lot and you build one house on it or even get a prefab house and assemble it on the lot. You are now developing because you developed from the from the land acquisition to the financing to the plans and the permits to the actual sticks that create the structure. And then you either lease it or you sell it. And that's a development path. So you could be doing things as small as that, you know, and doing things with prefabricated homes, which are easier to do versus, you know, hiring contractors and stuff like that. Or you can be doing very large scale you know, developments like, you know, some of the ones that I'm doing are, you know, you know, eight and nine figures. So it's, uh, they can get pretty big, but it's not very hard if you break it down to the pieces of which I like to educate people. And I like to guide people on their development journey is it seems pretty daunting, but if you start breaking it down to individual bite-sized pieces, you're going to be able to get through it pretty well. As long as you have some sort of, you know, business acumen, you know, you're able, you're fairly handy with your hands. You can fix things around the house. You can figure it out how to build things. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's, it's a process, but it's very simple. It's not rocket science. As long as you break it down to individual pieces and take mm-hmm. one bite at a time. And I think the biggest part about the whole thing, cause uh, right when COVID hit, we had two acre lots under contract to build uh, 3000 square foot houses that we mm-hmm. were going to sell. Yep. I learned a lot just in that, even though we backed out of the deal, I learned a lot just from that simple transaction. Mm. You know, I, I was unaware that plans took like a month. Like I had to close the deal and I was like yelling at the architect, like what the hell? And I didn't know plans cost so much money either. And so, you know, then the grading on, you know, the, the, the foundation was nine feet tall because it's out in the hill country. Right. And so, but you don't have to pull a permit there. So Um, so, you know, I really believe that in order to like, granted, you got to have some basic knowledge. I have basic knowledge, but you, but you really have to get in there and kind of like, cause there's a lot of steps in a development that if not done right, it's really going to, uh, bog up the, uh, the project big time. Cause there, it needs to be done in steps. True. Yeah. And so if that's the case, what do you see as the biggest mistakes that people are making on a regular basis in the development space? Um, I think f- listening to the wrong people. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they listen to wrong people. They get rushed. They get flustered. They feel like they got a, a thousand things to do. Um, you know, maybe with your situation where you were being rushed to close the land. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you were told or instructed by a broker or an agent who helped you buy the land saying, Hey, you got to close on this in, you know, 60 days, 90 days or something like that. You know what I mean? Well, when I buy land, I do not do a 90 day escrow. My escrows are 180, 360 days. I want Mm -hmm. plenty of time to get my ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I'm not going to buy a piece of dirt or a development opportunity without having enough time to make sure I can move forward and get all my ducks in a row mm-hmm. before I have to start releasing cash and buying land that I may be stuck with that will turn into a, a disaster because, you know, I closed too quickly and I didn't do all my due diligence in time. Well, I mean, is it that it's, it's, it's something that I work on on a daily basis. And in right now, what I'm doing is, is getting into my new favorite topic, which is behavioral investing 
from a from a platform of why people do what they do. There needs to be real estate can be very emotional. You know, you're excited, you want to do it. But what I'm finding as you talk to people like yourself and, and other people is, is you really have to give yourself the freedom of time and not be so pressed up against, you know, if they're probably rushing you to get a deal done, that's why I can't stand flipping. I cannot fucking stand it. Mm. I do, dude, I had a dude, true story. I had a wholesaler give me a 30 million off market deal uh, for an apartment in downtown Austin. Yep. We were going to offer on it. My The guy that I know was going to offer on it. <clears throat> Sent me the deal. 30 minutes later, text me. He said, are you ready to write an offer? I'm like, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, and, he, and then he got ruder. And I'm like, hey, little piece of advice. You're terrible at what you do. You should go pick a different job. I've never talked like that to somebody. But I said, bro, this is $30 million. You don't even have, you don't have a T12 you, you don't have anything. You have an address and a fucking number. Like, yeah. does that even make sense to you, bro? Like, and seriously. He was a broker or what was he? Wholesaler, apparently. Yeah. For a $30 million deal? Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not a fan of me. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm, I don't know if I'd be if I'd be a fan of him if he tried to get me to write an offer on $30 million in 30 minutes. You know, It wasn't, it, by the way, it wasn't the only time he's done that. He sent me, you ready for it? Yeah. He sent me text message with seven different deals. Then he sent me an email with the same deals when I didn't respond. And then he sent me Facebook messenger post too, because I didn't respond to that. And I'm just like, dude, what is your fucking problem, dude? <laughs> I wonder if he's, he's not the only one chasing the deal and the, the first one to the finish line wins. Oh, I know that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. But, but I'm going to ask you a question because you deal in big spaces like this. Okay. And I know there's a broker on the deal as a broker. You shouldn't have other people shopping your deal for you. Right. Correct. Well, I mean, if it's, you know, I was a broker for many years, commercial broker, and when development deals come up, you kind of take them to your your preferred guys first, you know, the ones you have a relationship with. And because you want to foster and, and create those relationships for the long term, so you always take them to your favorite guys. So, but when it comes to a land development deal, those things take time. Like just because you brought me a deal, I'm not writing you an offer right away. I need to go and do my underwriting. I need to go and, and check my zoning. I need to go and see what develop, the development code will allow. So I can say, hey, I can only get this size of building or this type of building, which will dictate how much I can pay for the land. It right. takes a lot of underwriting and that feasibility work to get that done because you know, you need time to do that because just because you see a piece of land and say, boom, I'm going to write an offer unless you're a, next, uh, a market expert and you know exactly what you can do with it. But if it's your first time in the market or you're in an area that you haven't done work before, you need some time to put those numbers together because, you know, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot if you move too fast unless you already know the neighborhood. And um, so now that you're talking about this, I realize this next avenue I'm going to take to learn more about the business. <laughs> it's not sexy. It's not fun. What's the easiest way, which I think is the most underutilized uh, skill set to know about like zoning codes and building codes and all that stuff, which can really help you if you know what you're doing. Uh, to really learn that kind of stuff, it's it's the information is all public knowledge. It's okay. on the website. You can go to any city practically and pull down the zoning code, the development code, uh, the building code, and it'll tell you, hey, 
put in an address, it shows you the zone, shows what you're avail what you can build. It gives you a ratio of how big you can build, how high you can build, how many stories you can build. It tells you how many parking spaces you will need. It tells you what kind of of pedestrian access is going to be required. So you can do a lot of homework online if you know how to read development code and stuff and how to dictate what is applied to what, you know? So for example, for example, uh, you find a piece of land, you jump on the city website, you type up the address and it tells you it's zoned R3, meaning it's multifamily residential. So what you do next is you go pull down the R3 code from the city and the R3 code says, okay, you can build one unit for every 1500 square feet of land. And that land is 6,000 square feet, meaning you can build four units on that land because 1500 divided by 6,000 is four. That allows you to have four units. Well, you can only put the four units as long as everything else fits within that code, meaning you got to have one parking space per bedroom. You got to have so much setback from the street that is, you know, landscape and, and, and distance from the next door building. So there's a lot of things that you need to kind of make sure you can do before you go pull any sort of triggers. And if you can read that code and understand that code, you'll realize what you can build. And a good architect will be able to take that code and that piece of land and try and make it fit. Okay, we can put the parking here, we can put the landscape here, we can put the walkways here. It's 20 feet away from the next door building. Okay, that's great, we're making it fit. We're get, taking all those development code requirements and we're able to fit it together on this piece of land because the land, you know, an architect is good and he's able to make it happen. If you've got a funky piece of land, you may, even though it allows you to build that, you may not be able to because it just doesn't fit because the piece of land is not, you know, it's not a good piece. It has an odd shape to it or it's too long, it's too skinny, something like that. So that's where a good architect will come in and take all that development code information and be able to apply it to a site. So, but a lot of that information you can learn yourself by going on the city website, looking at zoning code, development code, um, commercial code, residential code, industrial code, and it tells you what you can do and how big and, and what you're allowed to do on those types of properties. I love it. No, I mean, it's so much, so much good information. We're going to, I'm going to strike your time and get you out of here. And I'm going to go back to our early uh, conversation. And it just, something just hit me in my head. Sure. If you could give yourself, you're talking to yourself advice to that guy three years ago, what would you tell him? That's a good question. Um, I could probably tell them that there is so much more waiting for you. Once you step over that line that separates the old you from your true self, who you really are versus what you used to be and what was holding you back. Once you take off those weights, once you remove the blinders from your eyes and you're able to achieve what you really can achieve because of who you are, it's going to be night and day. You know, what I mean, you will not believe the difference between the old you and the new you because of those limiting beliefs that I used to have. Beautiful. I love it. And it's people ask me, you know, you must be they're like, oh, you must be special. You're like coaching people. And I'm like, 
Not really. I mean, yes, in a sense, do I have a, a sixth sense a little bit to be able to understand what they've been through? Yes, because I've been through it myself. Right. And my coach said something to me that changed my life. He said, you only coach what you've been through. Mm -hmm. And it, it really is true. And so they say, what do you do? I said, well, I move mountains to the left of them so they can see in front of them with a clear vision on who they really are. That's it. Uh, I the, love that. Where were you three years ago? <laughs> uh, Billy, I didn't know Billy. We got to get to get. But listen, because truly, and, it, and I'll say the same thing to you, where you figured your stuff out and the same thing I do with my clients, the greatness that they have <clears throat> is inside of them. Mm. It's all inside of them. Yeah. You just got to clear up all the BS and, and kind of realize that it's all inside. Hey, I, I really think about this a lot now how amazing people can be and the life they can live if they only knew what they're capable of achieving mm -hmm. i mean it's really it's really interesting how how compressed we are with how we can really be it's really surprising how much more you can be if you really knew what you could accomplish exactly and, yeah. and ultimately I'll, I'll give you this you'll love this best exercise i've ever fucking heard in my life all right i say i say it as much as i can so actually, funny enough, it was a yoga retreat for my friend, but she told me this and I was I fell out of my chair. So they're sitting there. The instructor says, I want you to write three people that you look up to. I want you to write their names on this piece of paper. I want you to tell me 10 qualities that they have inside of them. And I want you to write those qualities down. OK, you wrote the qualities down. I want you to go back. I want you to cross out those three people's name. And I want you to write your name over it because the only way that you could see those qualities in those three people is if you had them inside of you already. Oh, self-aware. Interesting. You can only see that in other people. If you already have it in your side. You. I love this. I love this. It's the yeah. truth. And, and when you, this is, I'll do one more. God, I'm giving all my tricks away. So no, no, no. I'm, so, I'm going to Venmo so, you a bunch of money right now. So I believe that the problem with people in their careers, in their life, in their relationships, in their health, all this stuff is they're, they're half pregnant. Mm. So I'm going to use my mentor. Matty A told me the greatest story. I've only, I've never shared this story on the podcast. It is the greatest story I've ever right. fucking heard. Changed my life. He had a, he had a mentor tell him, he said, he said, hey, uh, he said, you're a deadbeat dad. And he said, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm not even a dad. Mm -hmm. He goes, well, your ass is half pregnant with fucking 30 ideas all over town. <laughs> we as people are not all in. You think you're all in, but you're not all in. And my question that I ask everybody, is it 90 days if you gave me everything you got, everything you fucking got, tell me your positives. So they list all the positives. And then I go... Tell me your negatives. Mm -hmm. Well, shit, Austin, there is none. Well, then let's go all the way the fuck in. Yeah. Nice. I love it. It's the truth, man. Look, until I took ownership of my addiction and my failed relationship and, and, and took my part in it and took my sm placating and my, you know, playing small, that's when I could start shifting. And, and what I tell my team all the time is if you can wake up and realize that Gary V's playing small, then we got shit to do. 
Gary V. Gary V. Every morning says to his team, "We're playing small. Get it together. Then we have work to do." Ah, uh, that's that's awesome. I love that. It's the truth, man. It's the truth. We are half pregnant, half in. Say we want this, don't want this. If you pick something, right? And you go all in on it. And yeah, in three years, you might wake up and realize you don't want that. But I guarantee you who you become in the process is the real currency. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm on a heater, bro. This is my seventh podcast. Yeah. Oh, this is awesome, man. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Like not to say anything, but every time, you know, every once in a while, I'll just think of, you know, not being the lions, but it's like the Kool-Aid man. I come busting through the wall. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm here, baby. Let's do this, you know? No, and it and it and it's it's like I'm working on something right now that has my full attention. Yeah. Uh because of a couple things. Who I'm doing it with, because I, you know, I, I like the we we get along really well. Second thing is is we're solving a problem that's needed in the construction space, right? And so it's one of those things where you can see. Right. And, and here's the deal. I could sit here and go, God damn, you've wasted 38 years of your life, like doing this dumb shit, getting divorced. And, and then I go, but wait, it's all been priming you for this. This, this is the time. Like this is all. And you know what's, you know, what's crazy. I try to tell myself this too. A lot of bad deals have fallen. We had the deal of my, I mean, I don't think you understand. I have manifested this type of deal for five years. I mean, my dream property, the the whole thing. We wound up day before we're supposed to close that the wholesaler was bullshitting us on the numbers. So we had to back out. Yeah. Very upset. I was so tied to it. I mean, like, I mean, distraught, like just like puppy in the corner. And then I said to myself this. What an honor and what a blessing to be even having these discussions Hmm. from who I was two years ago. The opportunity. Huge. Oh, yeah. I think we forget that. Yes. We forget that waking up in the morning is a blessing. I think people forget these, the simple things, how lucky we are. And I think people forget it. And that's a problem. It is because... I had somebody tell me I really respect when she's really down, like when she's, when she's in a bad place, she starts with her, her feet. And she says, man, I'm so grateful that my feet work. I'm so grateful that my knees work. I'm so grateful that my hips work. I'm so grateful that I can breathe. And then it kind of just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then she, you know, she focuses on the little stuff and then it gets bigger. Well, I'm happy. I'm alive. I'm happy. You know, and I think we need to to center ourselves sometimes and, yeah. and, and, and understand that 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 no matter what you've been down. Right. I mean, I interviewed a guy today who's in my we run a recovery mastermind who OD'd three times in a parking lot in Taco okay. Bell, you know, saw his life fast before his eyes. He's now got uh, 15 units. He has right. no money. He has no money in his bank account. And he's like, I'm just so happy to not be there. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, so and so we have, dude, you need though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's yeah. Awesome. You got to have a little gratitude. So if people want to find out about you or any more that you got going on, how would they do that? Um, couple ways, you know, I mean, definitely jump on Instagram, follow me on Instagram. I do a lot of, uh, posting on Instagram because I just find that a lot easier to do. It's a uh, Ahmed, the real estate developer. 
pretty easy. And then I've been doing a lot of clubhouse, you know, hosting a lot of rooms and really just trying to help people and guide them on their real estate development journey because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, false prophets out there, fake gurus that are telling people all sorts of different stuff. I'm like, and there's a lot of us on there that are saying, hey, slow down, you know, be careful who you listen to. You need to vet them. You need to understand the process. You know, take your time. Don't jump into this program or don't throw your money over here. Or you don't have to do this. You know, just, you know, real estate's the long game. It's a long game. So you, there's no reason to rush. It's always going to be here. It's not going to go away, but you got to do it right. So I really enjoy hosting rooms on Clubhouse. I do it three days a week about just really breaking down the real estate development process to people and giving them tips and scenarios that I've gone through that have worked for me. I'm not telling them what to do, but I'm saying, hey, these are things that have worked for me. I've been successful with it. I'm knowledgeable about it. And it's something that you can take take this knowledge and take this uh, example and this um, real world experience that I have and think about it and, and process it and see how you can apply it to see if it'll work for you. Don't do what I'm telling you to do, but take the information that I'm giving you and then you can go and make your best informed decision for yourself. And I really enjoy that because, you know, like Tony Robbins, you know, basic human needs, it's the, the human need of giving back. And it's really nice to do that to people who are really wanting the help or really wanting the direction. And they're being honest enough saying, Hey, I don't know anything about this, but I would like to, I'd be like, great. Let me, let me, let me talk to you. Let me show you what I've done and what has worked for me. Here's the biggest issue though. Yeah. Not your problem, but people's problem. Yeah. Don't you dare. This is very important for me. Don't you dare tell yourself, I'm not going to ask advice. I'm not going to ask how to help because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't owe anything to talk to me. He doesn't, Hmm. why would he talk to me? Like, it's not on you to determine why we would give you help. Yeah. Like maybe somebody helped us out in our career and we just want to return the favor. Yeah. Well, what's wrong with helping people out? Because not to say anything, the United States is a huge country. I'm pretty sure, and I'll put money on it, that you and me will never go up against each other on a deal, nor will I have with a hundred other people in my clubhouse room or on Instagram. I'll never go up against them on a deal. Mm-hmm. It may be a, a one in a hundred million dollar, hundred million chance that I will. So why not help all those other hundred million people out? You know what I mean? I'm never going to compete with them. Why not help them in their journey and give them some information and knowledge that I can share with them to help them out? Because you never know because they at the same time, they're giving me help and knowledge that I don't know. I learned so much stuff in those rooms that I don't know, and I'm appreciative of it. So why not share the wealth of knowledge, you know, when it's not going to hurt anyone, but only lift people up? You know, I've been telling people a rising tide will lift all boats, and I really do believe that. No, 100%. Couldn't agree more. Guys, if you like this episode, make sure you send it out to your friends. Uh, And if you didn't like it, that's on you. All right. So uh, (laughs) I had to do that for you. All right, my man. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.